This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's Log, Stardate. I don't know, there's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're going to skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face deep in the box. It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp hooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow, we got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings, and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar, and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. $20 off any linked subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash OZ number nine. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. It was a really long day aboard the Oz-9. Chasing the zebra up and down the corridors with Joe frantically mopping in its wake, but the crew finally managed to wrangle it down to the biosphere, which, it turns out, is much more of a bio-swamp. Teeming with mosquitoes, snakes, and even the occasional alligator, the bio-swamp is about 80% brown and brackish water, 19% cypress trees, duckweed, and some other vegetation no one could identify, and now 1% electronic zebra. Once the zebra was happily munching duckweed, the crew resealed the door and left the murky, mucky, stinky bioswamp to fester in peace. I'm gonna need a bigger mop. You are not cleaning up the biosphere, Joe. It's supposed to look like that. It's messy. It's a swamp. Yes, swamps are messy and wet. The floor is wet. It's a swamp. I like a neat swamp. There's no such thing. Things are hatching in there. Ugh. Try try not to think about it. And thanks for making me think about it. I don't like wet things. Don't think of it as wet. Think of it as shiny. Like the shine of a freshly mopped floor. I like shine. Yes, shine is good. Can we get out of here, please? I hear rustling and growling. Do zebras growl? Do you think Greg will be okay? I mean, Greg's a machine, and it's... It's wet in there. I don't like wet. Greg? The zebra. You named the zebra Greg. Just testing it out. What do you think? I think you better not tell the other head that you named the zebra. Oh, yeah. Good point. I don't like wet. In the end, Leet actually had to pick Joe up and carry him away from the bioswamp door. Mop and all. Back on the bridge... You actually carried Joe all the way back up? You know how when you pick up a little dog and then hold them above water, they'll paddle their legs like they're swimming? Joe did that with his mop all the way back here, just mopping the air. You suppose he mops in his sleep? I'm not sure he sleeps. Sometimes I wander around the ship when it's dark. Because you're lost? 
I have insomnia. You don't know where your bunk is, and Olivia won't tell you. With my new superpowers, I only need seven minutes of sleep a night. Also, you're lost. Go on. Look, I'm the only human member of this crew who can read the signs. And yet, lost. Do you want to know more about Joe or make fun of me? Can't we do both? Oh, I can. Fine, forget it. Oh, come on. You wander heroically around the ship at night. Very funny. Like I said, I only need seven minutes of sleep, so I do a lot of wandering. And I'm lost, fine. But I find him up, mopping, at all hours of the night. It's, um, creepy. Also, rather nice. He does keep things shiny. But creepy. Do you talk with him? Talk with him? While he's working. What an odd idea. You had servants, didn't you? Yes, and? Name five. What? Name five of your servants. What were their names? Uh, wow. They must pay chimney sweeps really well. You're joking. You still think? What? Never mind. What is he, do you suppose? Is he a real person? A machine? A group hallucination? Is he half of Dr. Von Hallelujah Choir? If so, which half? Which half? Like front or back or top or bottom? That doesn't make sense. They both have faces. Not physical half, you burk. Mental half. Or emotional half. Or is he the good half? And if Joe's the good half, what does that make the doctor? What does that make the doctor? Well, at the moment, busy. Le Bichon Frise has had several sessions in the doc's secret healer now, and his progress is starting to be noticeable. Not to this crew, of course, who managed not to notice Jupiter passing by their windows for several days, but to Dr. Von Habesetzer, the assassin is healing very fast indeed. How are the results today? You are healing very fast indeed. See? Surprisingly fast. Your brain was this small, half-frozen, mouse-like thing. Gray and soggy and lying limp at the bottom of your skull. Not doing very much. Oui. I get the point. Merci. Now it is the nimble ferret, lively and twisty-bendy, running here and there and moving so much faster, yes? I am every day more myself. I feel it. Ah, not just the old Bichon Frise, but a better one. Better than Le Bichon Frise? <laughs> what do you mean? This healer, she goes to 11, you see? I am not just returning you to your former glory. I am making you... glorier. Is this a word? If we say it is a word, my fellow, who is to stop us, eh? My best formulas may be wasted on that oaf of an Englishman, but I have tricks up my pants leg yet. Pants leg? Now I know that is not right. You, you are perhaps concentrating on the wrong things, my boy? Tell me you do not feel the surge of power through your veins. I do. And the humming of the activities in your brain? I do. And the stirring of the bloodlust in your soul? I do. Then we are very nearly there. Where? Huh? Where are we? Or where are we nearly? I'm not following your ferret. I was brought aboard this ship to kill you. Since I am guessing this is not your plan, 
I am wondering, what is it? What is what? What is your plan? For me? For all of these? You are only healing me, saying you have the big plans, but you are not telling me why. All in time, my boy. First we must concentrate on the healing. You are saying this every day, many times a day. Good fellow, your brain is now a ferret, and it is so awake and alert. But it is a fragile ferret, you understand? We must be patient and move slowly so we do not make the ferret back into that poor, soggy, so feeble mouseling. Perhaps we could think of another analogy. You see? You are knowing words like analogy. This is so impressive. You think so? Hmm. Perhaps I shall try it out on that lovely albatross. Your analogies are so magnifique. No! No, this you must not of all things do. This you must not of all? You are saying no then? Your speaking is a mess sometimes. I am saying don't do this. We must be very sneaky for now, eh? So, with the crew you are still the Bijon Frise they are knowing. Was not so clever. And not so dangerous. Exactly. Your mind is a mushroom, growing more deadly in the dark. So, uh, maybe a toadstool, really. I don't like this one either. They are slimy. And nasty. Yeah, but the toadstool is apt, I think. What else grows in the dark and is dangerous? Oh, raccoons, huh? This is better. You wish to be the furry thing in the mask but washes his food like those prissy people with those so disturbing little not-quite-human hands? It is better than a toadstool. I am not a fun guy. I'll say. Oh, <laughs> this joking is so obvious. How about that uh, asparagus that is white? That grows in the dark. Is it dangerous? I don't think so. As the doctor and his pet project bicker about analogies, Former Captain Jesse and the Albatross are in memory storage. They are there to clean up the mess from the zebra, and in Jesse's case, to keep the assassin from accessing more of Glenda McRory's memories, lest she discover she's not a McRory, but Colin is. Well, I hope passenger 445 oh, had a lousy childhood because it's gone forever. Lucky bastard. That's the third time in an hour you've referred to someone's terrible childhood. I suppose that means you want me to ask about yours. Not at all. But since you did... I didn't. Well, good thing passenger 2702 has already been jettisoned, because there's nothing left of her. Nor passenger 17,344. Should probably whip her as well. Hang on. She'll get to kill her instincts for five seconds. She could start over. You'll potty train her then, will you? Everything's gone? Everything. Yes, including her childhood. How fortunate for her. Blah, blah, blah. You haven't retrieved all your memories. How come you can tie your shoes and feed yourself? I suppose it depends on how much you chose to dump. Memory storage was supposed to be guaranteed safe. Safer than your own head after 25 years in stasis, anyway. So, the more you entrusted to memory storage, the more expensive the ticket. <laughs> ah, joke's on them, I suppose. You mean on you? Isn't your history among the ruins? 
Yes, but I made a backup when I first discovered my memory was missing. Backup? Thumb drive. You have a thumb drive? What? Did you stash it in your pocket during stasis? No, it's my actual thumb. See? It's a bit strange. I guess I must have had some sort of biotech upgrade. <laughs> Funny to think I'm part machine. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. I haven't had a chance to watch more yet. What with the grieving? Yes, I can tell you've been very sad. This morning you only made 84 loaves of bread. It's what I do when I can't kill anything. I didn't realize murder was so therapeutic. But we don't have any flour. What, what exactly are you making bread from? Swamp grass. I harvested some from the bioswamp a couple of weeks ago. You knew about the bioswamp? I found it while looking for Horace. Oh. I took it to the dehumidifying room. We have one of those? Way. To keep the experimental mold in check. What experimental mold? Really, do you know nothing about what's happening on this ship? Or your own, since they're virtually identical. Anyway, the dehumidifying room dried out the swamp grass, so I could grind it into flour. And kudzu is a natural rising agent, so voila, bread. That would explain why your bread is bright green and stinks. Stinks? Is it swamp-scented? I wondered. And the honey? Best not to ask, since you're so squeamish. Oh, God. My sister used to feed me horrible things when we were wee. And we're back. Please do tell me about this wretched sister of yours. Since I'm in memory storage, I guess I have to listen to someone's. Her name was Glenda. Like you. <coughs> oh. oh, well, that's lovely. If the memories weren't already destroyed... That should finish them off. I'm going to change. Olivia. Yes, former Captain Jesse. What the hell did you do that for? Well, I figured since you were playing with fire... I wasn't going to tell her. I'm not suicidal or an idiot. Are you sure about that? Look, you clearly have some unfinished business with that horrible sister of yours. And there's nothing I like better than a bit of revenge served up nice and hot and on the spot. But that's not your sister. But she's... A very, very deadly assassin with all sorts of built-in weapons and a very short fuse. Built-in weapons? You mean like the thumb drive? Well, yeah. Only weapony. Poison darts and several fingertips for starters. Is anyone on this ship even remotely normal? Colin's got his superpowers. Lee can apparently breathe poison and survive in deep space without a shirt. What's Madeline got? The ability to move things with her mind? Madeline thinks the forniculator is a real thing. Her power is mostly denial and a superhuman ability to nap anywhere. I've noticed that. Enviable. I need you to protect her. What? Madeline. Protect her? What are you talking about? Just that. Ironically, I really can't be everywhere, not all the time. Not completely. Not enough. Olivia, what do you know that you're not telling? Well, that's just it. 
I don't know anything, but I suspect some things. There's quite a lot of energy drained from the doctor's lab, but I don't have eyes and ears in there to know what's going on. I thought you trusted Dr. Von Haber's answer. Didn't he make you? Yeah, but since the split with Joe, he seems different. More like his old self. Old self? Coming. Just promise me you'll keep an eye on her, all right? Of course. Mad Pants and I go way back. But why just her? Here! Later. The albatross just whipped up a fresh bunch of bread. You want a sandwich? Uh, do we have any bread that doesn't taste like the Okifanoki? Nope. You don't have to sound so bloody cheerful about it. Tastes like the bread my Aunt Tammy used to make. Only with fewer files. I cannot believe I'm going to ask this, but... Files? Yeah, she made them to try and break my Uncle Pete out of prison, but sometimes she'd forget which loaves had the files and the gunpowder and the spoons in them. Spoons? Sure. She figured he could file them down to make a knife. Why didn't she just smuggle in a knife? Huh. That's a really good idea. Was your family allotted just one normal AQ and you had to share it out among you? I don't know what that means, so maybe? I'm going to take a loaf of bread to Greg. You want to come? You're going to take Greg, the zebra, a loaf of bread made of the stuff he eats all the time. Uh, yep. Oh, why not? Maybe the fresh oxygen in there will clear my head. Hey, let's see if Madeline wants to come, yeah? Sure. Stepping on board the Oz-9 is nothing if not a roll of the dice. So, if you're going to take that chance, at least have some really gorgeous, high-quality, unique RPG dice to roll with. Fan Roll by Metallic Dice Games have classic metallic dice sets, but also gemstones, acrylic, liquid core, and even a glow-in-the-dark option that's super cool and super handy when you can't find any night vision goggles. So many colors, materials, and designs to choose from. Plus, listeners to this show get 10% off your order. I'm guessing as a sort of consolation prize for listening to this show. Just use the code OZ9 at checkout. Get dice that are as unique as you and your character. Go now to fanrolldice.com and choose your dice, Space Monkeys, and get 10% off with code OZ9 at checkout. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com plus. And now you'll start to see Fable and Folly Network shows are offering bonus content to all existing and new supporters. Find exclusive new episodes from shows like Civilized and Realms of Peril and Glory. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. Turns out, Madeline wasn't particularly interested in another trip to the bioswamp so soon. But Colin wanted to test out his flying powers in a room with a high ceiling. So Colin, Jesse, and Leet made their way back. Colin did get to test out his flying powers, probably more than he wanted, as he spent a good half hour ducking a flock of hostile egrets while Jesse and Leet, oblivious, rode through a slightly nicer part of the biosphere astride Greg. Jesse, Leet, where the hell are you? 
Permission to come on the bridge, mon capitaine? Mm hmm? Uh, did, did you just ask my permission to come on the bridge? Oh, uh, oh, you must have been dreaming. I come on the bridge as I like. I do not need your saying so. Supposedly you do, but that never stopped anyone. What do you want, Freeze? It is Freeze. I don't care if it's Martin Cheesefist as long as you stop threatening my crew. I have not threatened anyone in very many days, I think. Good. Let's keep that up, shall we? Why are you here? The Albatross is in her quarters if you had some leering to catch up on. <gasps> I do not leer. It's all you do. In fact, you have resting leer face. Did you know that? The only time you're not leering is when you're smirking, which isn't any better. I shall endeavor to correct my face from now on. Endeavor? What's wrong with you? Or more to the point, what's suddenly gotten right? Eh. Uh, yes? Other head? Uh, you know, if, uh, if you just gave me a name, you could uh, stop talking in ellipses. We're working on it. Yeah, see, see what I mean? Pardon the intrusion, Captain Madeline. Permission to come on the bridge? You're kidding. Twice in one day? Uh, permission granted, Cal. What's up? I'm afraid this arrangement has become a bit untenable, Captain. Three minds operating two legs is a bit much. I like having you in there. At least I can trust the arms on Emily's side not to go after Leet when you're in control. Yes, ma'am. And I believe I can make a few alterations to make that permanent. But we're just not doing very well as a trio. Will you go back in the bomb? Actually, I have a proposal that I think could make you pretty happy. Well, there's a first time for everything. Shoot. Great. I beg your pardon? Emily and... Uh, other head and I went down to the bioswamp to run some tests. And it appears our friend the zebra has the technological capability to be my new home. And as there's no existing consciousness to negotiate with... Or shove aside, as the case may be, Hive. Or shove aside, as my friend Emily here would have it. Well... I think it might work out better for everyone all around. You won't have hands. Didn't when I was a box. Still got along all right. Besides, I'll be able to gallop. That sounds mighty nice, galloping. You'll have to eat swamp grass. And you eat Miss Albatross's bread. What does that have to do with anything? You never wondered why it's practically fluorescent green? Is this really what you want? I'll go you one better, Captain. That zebra's body's pretty damn powerful. I calculate... Hey, you calculate? We calculate. 
I should be able to tow my former self to an airlock. Say goodbye to the 30-minute leash you have around your neck. You think you could flip the bomb? I do. We can pick a blank section of sky so we don't hurt anyone. And with Mr. Collins' flying prowess, I reckon we can even get out of range in time. What do you think? It sounds entirely sensible. But? Weird. It's it's weird, Cal. And three of us sharing two heads and an arm isn't weird? It is, but it's a weird I'm used to. And you'll get used to a talking zebra. Especially one that can pull a bomb off your ship. As long as that bomb's aboard, Gated Galaxy still has a hole on you. Get it off, and their last weapon against you is gone. You sure it's the last? Okay, you get rid of that bomb, and that's one less. But it is one less. I can't believe this is what being a captain is supposed to be. Telling a sentient bomb to go ahead and transfer his, what, consciousness into a robot zebra. I expected asteroid belts, maybe aliens, definitely new planets. But this? I know, I didn't complete the training, but I gotta doubt this was in the O Captain, You're a Captain textbook. Is that permission? Do it. But, Cal? Mm, yes, Captain? This is it, okay? This is the last weird thing that happens aboard the Oz-9. From now on, it's textbook space stuff. Hostile aliens, weird viruses, beaming people up and down, black holes, that kind of stuff, okay? Yes, ma'am. So, once I'm in the zebra, do you want to call me Cal or Greg? Get off my bridge, Cal! As you might guess, this wasn't the last weird thing to happen aboard the Oz-9. It wasn't even the weirdest weird thing. But that's a story for another episode. As we leave the crew, Cal is being transferred into Greg the Zebra, but no one's quite sure how to break the news to Leet. Maybe they'll just let him figure it out on his own. You've been listening to Kevin Hall as Cal and Greg the Zebra. Bonnie Brantley as Jesse. Eric Perry as Joe, Dr. Von Habesetzer, and Head One. Tim Sherburn as Colin and Emily. Richard Cowan as Leet. Aaron Clark as Le Bichon Frise. June Clark Eubanks as The Albatross. Shannon Perry as Olivia and Madeline. And me, Richard Nadalny, as your narrator. Our theme music and other music is composed and performed by John Faley. Our artwork is by Lucas Elliott. Oz9 is written and produced by Shannon Perry. Until next time, Space Monkeys, narrator out. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Chesters of Ravenloft is a new podcast being recorded on Twitch. It's D&D 5e, and we'd love to tell you about it, but we can't. Because seriously, the cast know nothing about what is going to happen. Adam McNamara is mystified. Del Borovic is baffled. Guy Bradford is bewildered. Tyler Hewitt is even more clueless than usual. And me, Ryan LaPlante, the DM, I'm the only person who knows what's going on. We're live on Twitch May 31st at 8.30 p.m. EST. And every Friday after our Wednesday night shows, we'll be dropping two episodes of Jesters of Ravenloft here. So get ready, subscribe, and soon you will be journeying into Ravenloft alongside our Jesters. Oh yeah, 
Don't tell them about the whole Ravenloft thing. They really know nothing. <laughs>